championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Hello, Lakers Nation. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, and this is the LakersNation.com postgame show. The Lakers just took out the Dallas Mavericks in overtime on a big shot by HBK. Austin Reeves hits the game winner, got fouled on a two. No call, but hits the shot to win the game, sealed the deal for the Lakers again in overtime. No Luka Doncic for the Mavs. We're going to talk a bit about that. We'll talk about this game, the good and the bad. Wasn't all good. But man, that feels great the way they finish this game off, especially to see such a big performance from the rookie Austin Reeves, rewarding the trust that the coaching staff, that the other players on the team have put in him. That was phenomenal. Russell Westbrook did not hesitate to hit him with that pass, and Reeves knocked it down with the pressure on. He was phenomenal all night. What a moment for him and his career. And again, an important win for a Lakers team that, well, let's face it, they need to stack up as many wins as they can right now in a night against a Mavs team that's missing Luka. Well, you need to walk away from that with a W. Plus, we've got a lot of Lakers right now out. Trevor Ariza, Kendrick Nunn due to injury, and then three players, Taylor Horton-Tucker, Malik Monk, and Dwight Howard, all due to health and safety protocols. So we'll talk a bit about that as well. We'll talk about LeBron's game tonight, which... Frankly, had some good moments and some bad moments. We'll talk a little bit about Anthony Davis. I know a lot of people aren't thrilled with what they saw out of AD tonight or what they've seen from him recently. Russell Westbrook as well. How the Lakers managed to get by, even though they were a bit shorthanded. And of course, as we're going through everything, I'm going to be taking your questions and comments. So if you're coming in from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter, welcome in. Let's talk some Lakers basketball. Oh, and if you're listening to the podcast version of this, make sure you do subscribe over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. All right, diving straight in, I'm seeing a lot of people celebrate, a lot of exclamation points in the chat right now. People who are celebrating the Austin Reeves shot. Obviously, it was a great one. Um, Matt Riggs from YouTube said, I told you with the super chat, said, I told you to bet on Reeves. He's clutch. Uh, HBK, the goat. I saw someone else uh, said from at, they see me trolling, they can't win on YouTube with another super chat. Let's see what else we've got coming in. HBK is a sniper. HBK with a bunch of exclamation points from Cryptic Villain with a super chat. Somebody said it is an and one. Yeah, really, it should have been. He got clearly fouled on the play. Should have been an and one for him to completely seal the deal. But the Lakers walked away with the win. So uh, I'm not going to be too upset with that because they got the W. But yes, uh, definitely, he was fouled on that play. HBK with the sweet chin music. Somebody from YouTube throws in. And I've got a comment from Facebook, uh, from Steven from Facebook, said HBK the starter the rest of the year. I thought there was a decent chance that he was going to start in this game. Instead, it was Wayne Ellington who hit a clutch shot of his own to send the game into overtime, hit the three for the Lakers to send it into OT. Uh, Wayne Ellington got the start. Reeves uh, played a lot of minutes in this one. I mean, this is the most minutes of his young career. Austin Reeves on the night played uh, 32 minutes, the most of any player off the bench. This is not the first game that he's done this. Did this last game too, where he got the most minutes of any bench player. Five of six from three. Every shot he took on the night was from three. Seven boards, two assists, one steal, 15 points, plus 10 on the night for Austin Reeves and hits 
the game winner. What an incredible moment for a young man who went undrafted by choice. He had the option to get drafted in the second round. He said, no, thank you. I would rather be a Laker than a Detroit Piston. That was the team that called him up and offered to select him in the draft. And Austin Reeves said, no, thank you decided that he would rather be a Los Angeles Laker on a two-way contract and thought that that would give him the ability to potentially play his way onto the team. And now not only has he played his way on the team, but now you've got a guy who went undrafted. At best, he was going to be picked in the second round, and he's now a major piece for the Lakers rotation. He is now getting more bench minutes than any other player on the team, more than any veteran player on the team, guys who have been in the NBA for a long time, and he is getting more minutes and he played, what, the final, what was that, probably six minutes off the top of my head of the fourth quarter and then the entire overtime. How's that for trust for an undrafted guy to come onto this team and be getting that kind of opportunity? That's unreal. That is unbelievable. Even if he was picked in the second round and we take out the undrafted part, that is still unbelievable that on a team with this much veteran talent, this many players who have been in this league for a long, long time, they've been beaten out for these opportunities by Austin Reeves. And that's not a credit. That's not me disparaging those players. That's a credit to Austin Reeves and how phenomenal he's been for the Lakers this season. Absolutely amazing stuff. One of the best stories of the year. Let's see what else we've got. Dude had 32 minutes. Yeah, played 32 minutes on the night for him. Great, great minutes. Uh, Anigo de Peralta said, HBK got that good game karma from your interview. That's what Daniel Starkan, our editor extraordinaire, put out in the Lakers Nation group text right before I came on here. Said, see, now every Laker needs to get interviewed interviewed by you before the game, and then they're going to have a big performance. I said, yeah, that needs to be a thing. I, I'm definitely on board with that. I would not mind that at all. Al Coro, smartest play by far as a team with taking that last shot. You know, that really was... If you think about those moments, last second game-winning shot moments, we think about stars. We think about guys like Russell Westbrook, LeBron James over the course of their career, guys who have done these things. And yet, what did they do? They made the right basketball player play. And this is something that Frank Vogel has been saying recently. He's been saying that the, the best player on the Lakers is the open man. Something that I'm paraphrasing, but it was something to that effect. Or the most dangerous player is the open man. And the Lakers really personified that on that last possession. Now, again, I'm not saying the entire game was great because it's not. And we're going to talk about where things kind of went wrong. Some things went off the rails. Plenty to get into on the negative side. But right now, the final play, Russell Westbrook has the ball. Superstar for life, right? He for Most of, the, of his career, he's been a superstar. League MVP, many-time All-Star. And he passes it to undrafted Austin Reeves because it was the right basketball play because he trusted in Reeves and because that was the open man and he knew that Reeves was going to knock down that shot. I mean, if you're a coach, if you're Frank Vogel in that moment, you have to be so proud of your team, of Russell Westbrook on that play for really living what Vogel's been saying. And again, that's that concept that the open man is the most dangerous player on the floor for the Lakers. The open man is the best player for the Lakers. That last play really showed it. Uh, Mark Polo Corleone said, Austin Reeves has got good basketball IQ and he's always in the right spot on offense and defense. Uh, if you notice, he actually recognizes as well uh, where other people are making mistakes defensively. And again, Reeves made a few mistakes as well out there. So I'm not saying he would just played this perfect game, but if you saw the play when, 
Maxi Kleba banked in the three to tie the game up. So Maxi Kleba banks in the three, and what happened was Anthony Davis got caught dropping into the paint, trailing Jalen Brunson, probably looking to go for the block in case Brunson was going for the quick two, or at least to help on the boards should he miss that shot. And Brunson quickly reversed the ball back out to Kleba for the three. Who was it that was rotating over to try to put a hand up on it? It was Reeves. He read what was going to happen, and in that split second, went flying across to contest. And I thought, that's that's just a perfect microcosm of what Reeves is. He recognized the mistake that Anthony Davis made on that play and tried to fix it in a split second. And that's really impressive for a guy his age to read the game with his level of experience, to read the game that way. Cool stuff. All right, let's see what else we've got going on here in the chat. Well, you know what? Let's let's get into the... Um, the stats here. So Anthony Davis on the night, 8 for 18 shooting, 0 for 3 from 3, including an air ball in there from 3, 12 boards, 2 assists, no blocks, even though he's averaging more than 2 blocks per game on the season, 6 turnovers, 20 points. Somehow he was a plus 21. Anthony Davis didn't look right tonight, but he was a plus 21, strangely, to lead the Lakers in plus minus. 20 points on the night for him, 24 for LeBron, 5 assists, 3 boards, 4 for 9 shooting, 9 for 19 from the field. The over-under was 25. We just missed on that one. Our guy, our guy Mark Gunnels before the game called. He picked the over for LeBron. Just missed on that one, but he did pick the Lakers to cover the spread, which they did indeed. So if you bet along with Mark, you won one, you lost one. We'll break even. We'll move on. Russell Westbrook almost got the triple-double. 23 points, 10 boards, 9 assists. Did have 4 turnovers, but overall I didn't think this was a bad Russell Westbrook performance. 8 for 18 shooting overall. Knocked in the 3 towards the end of the game uh, to give the Lakers a 3-point lead. It looked, it was the kind of no, 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 yes shot where you didn't want him taking that corner 3. It didn't look good coming out of his hand, but he buried it. And of course we all celebrated in that moment and then Maxi Kleba banked in a 3. Jalen Brunson was the thorn in the side of the Lakers all night long. 25 points, 9 assists. 11 for 18. He did his best Luka Doncic uh, impersonation all night. He was shredding the Lakers. Their pick and roll defense was getting picked apart by him. Great performance from him for the Mavs. 23 points, 12 boards for Kristaps Porzingis, who looked good in his own right, but 8 for 23 shooting. A little bit uh, coming up short there. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., 20 points, 9 boards, 4 for 11 from 3, 7 for 19. I thought that was one area where Austin Reeves needed to be a little bit better. Twice on made Hardaway threes, it was Reeves defending him who didn't close out enough on him, gave him too much space because Hardaway's really good at just rising up and shooting that, and Reeves gave him a little bit too much space in those scenarios. Uh, who else do we have here? Oh, okay, here we go. I've got somebody from YouTube, the Super Chat, said, everyone needs to stop with the AD hate. His rebounds and defense were huge. That's why he's a plus 21. Yeah, so... I think where where I fall on this, and this part of this is my personality, so I tend to see both sides of a lot of issues, whether we're talking politics, whether we're talking sports, whatever you want to talk, I tend to understand both sides of an issue and usually find myself somewhere in the middle. And so when I see the, the discussion around Anthony Davis, I've got a lot of people who are angry tweeting at me, Anthony Davis is soft, calling him a Disney, all these kinds of things, trade him, get rid of him and all And I don't think that's really where we want to be in the AD conversation. But that said, he's also not playing up to his full potential. So I get it, right? When we think of Anthony Davis at his best, we think he's a Giannis-level player, right? He's somewhere up in that stratosphere. We saw it in the 2020 NBA playoffs. He was amazing. One of the best players in the league. One of 
the uh, a guy where when he's at that level, he's a league MVP. He's that caliber, that good. And he hasn't been there since then. We haven't seen him hit that level. Now, I don't think, I think what's happening is everybody sees that he's not quite living up to his potential, but there are there's an overreaction to the level that he's playing at where people are they're going a bit too far with how bad that he is and assuming that he's just this net negative and he's terrible and he's awful and he's not trying and it's and it's all in his head all these kinds of things and i don't think that's fair to anthony davis because he is still a positive on the floor for the lakers is he at the level that we need him to be at no he's not but he's also not this guy that's out there just ruining the Lakers or something like that. It's not like it's not like the Monstars have stolen all of his powers or something. He's still a very effective basketball player. Now, his three-point shot has completely abandoned him. His outside shot has been a problem. We've seen where in tonight's game, there were moments where it looked like he didn't have a lot of confidence. And part of that could be coming back from the sore knee and, and all of that. And people have been saying he's brittle. He's played in 25, now 26 of the Lakers' 29 games. He's only missed three games this season. He's been in almost every game. He's played in more games than LeBron. AD has been there for the most part, but he hasn't quite hit that level that the Lakers need him to be at, and that's where some of the frustration comes in. I also think part of this is Westbrook is playing better, and a lot of the people that were very loud and vocal about Russell Westbrook not playing better, well, Westbrook's playing better when the Lakers aren't performing the way you'd look at, the way you'd want them to, Okay, well, it's not Westbrook because now he's playing better. Oh, it must be Anthony Davis. It's his fault. Let's yell yell about him now. So I think that some of the hate that's being lobbed at Anthony Davis is a bit unfair. I think the criticism is okay to a degree. We can say he's not playing at the highest level. We can say there's moments where he looks lethargic, where it doesn't look like he's putting in his maximum effort. I think that's certainly fair. But I also don't think that he's this complete albatross that some people are making him out to be as though he needs to be exiled as quickly as possible. I don't think that's a good way to look at it. The reality is the Lakers are going to need Anthony Davis this season. They're going to need him in the playoffs. They're going to need him to pick his game up to another level. And you're not going to get there if we just assume that this is what he is, right? If we just think that this is Anthony Davis, this is how he is now from here on out, that's that's a pretty pessimistic way to look at it. I don't think that's a realistic way either. We've seen players go through slumps. We've seen players not play up to their potential. We saw a period of time in, in Contavious Caldwell-Pope's playing career where he was literally airballing layups. And then he turned in one of the best seasons of his career as a Laker. Now, again, I think it's I don't think Anthony Davis should be completely free from criticism, but I think in some cases it's gone quite a bit too far. Bruce Barnes. Anthony Davis is looking more lost out there on defense than Westbrook. Block hunting gave up an open three. I've been a Westbrook hater his whole career, and I'd rather see them move AD than Westbrook. Uh, Look, and again, Anthony Davis has not been perfect. He hasn't been. Joel Hernandez says, Vogel got these vets ninth in defense. Impressive. Yeah, the defense has been getting better. Anthony Davis, I think a lot of what he's doing defensively this season that's been good have been things that are almost like kind of Alex Caruso-esque, Danny Green-esque, where they're not stuff that necessarily jumps out in the box score, and they're not things that jump out to you when you're watching the game necessarily. It's not flying in from the weak side to block a shot. He does those things from time to time, but we also see moments where he's getting overpowered at the rim, and those are loud and those stand out, 
but the moments where he slides his feet, stays in front of his man, rotates out, those aren't quite as loud, and yet they're so impactful, but we don't notice them quite as much. So Anthony Davis, I think, is still a very key player on this team, and he's an important piece. And moving forward, you have to hope that he finds his way. Right now, he's not operating at 100%, certainly, but I wouldn't give up on him. I think it's a mistake to give up on Anthony Davis at this point. Let me sum it up with that. Mook Morris, too, from YouTube with the Super Chat said, HBK is our GOAT tonight. Yes, he was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, let's get into the 360 award. Let's do that one because I think there could be some debate here. So the 360 award, the best of the star-level players. So Westbrook, LeBron, Anthony Davis. Which one was the best tonight? Chat, I'm curious what you guys are going to have to say on this. I can say right off the bat, I can, I can eliminate Anthony Davis. Even though he was a plus 21, I didn't think tonight was a great performance from him. Uh, for a few reasons, obviously, he just he didn't quite look right on the offensive end of the floor in particular. So I wouldn't put him as an option in this. But LeBron, Westbrook, I think you can make an argument either way. So let me see what you guys are saying. I see Russ, 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 LeBron, LeBron, Russ, LeBron, Russ going back and forth. Russ, LeBron is really like 50-50 right now. Wow. It is 50-50 right now between LeBron James and Russell Westbrook. Interesting. Interesting, interesting, interesting. All right. So stat-wise, you've got Anthony Davis. Uh, I'm sorry, LeBron James, 9 for 19 shooting, 4 for 9 from 3, 5 assists, 24 points. He was a minus 6 on the night. Russell Westbrook, 10 boards, 9 assists, 23 points. He was a plus 8 on the night. And uh, 1 for 4 shooting from 3. I am going to go Russell Westbrook. I'm going to go Westbrook. I think Westbrook set the tone. I think Westbrook, particularly in the first quarter, was the guy really attacking the basket, and he did a great job putting a lot of pressure on the Mavs defense. He does hit the big three. He made the big plays down the stretch. Uh, look, Russ, LeBron had his moments, but I felt like LeBron didn't quite have it tonight. I felt like this is the first time in the last couple of weeks that LeBron hasn't had that kind of energy. He looked a little bit lethargic, and I felt like the rest of the team kind of played off of that. We saw a more lethargic Lakers team, particularly later in the third quarter and into the fourth, where it looked like the Mavs just had a lot more energy than they did. And I think part of that is just the Lakers really feed off of LeBron. Whatever LeBron is, the Lakers are going to reflect that. And tonight, we saw LeBron that just looked a bit more low energy. He, It felt like he was getting things going early in the game, and then he really tapered off as the game progressed and you know maybe that's a fatigue he's been doing a lot of heavy lifting lately um so maybe that's a fatigue thing from him maybe it was just an off night whatever it was it seemed like lebron just wasn't as enthused about this game as you would have expected but russell westbrook was flying up and down the court he was all over the place and uh putting a lot of pressure on the rim i like the attack mode that he was in not saying he was mistake free but i think overall he had the bigger impact on the game tonight so i'm going with westbrook Oh, somebody said, yeah, he injured his ankle. Yeah, I know. LeBron also did tweak his ankle. I should have mentioned that. I'm hoping that wasn't why. It didn't look like he rolled it very bad, but I'm hoping that was not the reason why, because if that's the case, then I could see LeBron sitting down for a game or two. If that was the reason why the ankle was bothering him, if that was why we didn't see quite as much energy as you would have expected out of LeBron. So fingers crossed, hopefully that's not it. Uh, John Antoine said, Trevor, we'll be fine as a team. If the team is healthy, we can beat any team. That's the idea. That's the idea for this Lakers team. Get healthy, 
and then hopefully build up enough chemistry, build up enough trust in each other to where by the time you hit the playoffs, you are a force to be reckoned with. This hasn't been the season we hoped it would be. This has not been the start to the season that we thought. We haven't seen a lot of pretty basketball, and now the Lakers, here they are, going into overtime against a Luka Doncic-less Mavs. All of the, you know, not great, right? Not great in terms of optics, but the hope is that the Lakers will continue to get better and better and better. I think we can say fairly that the Lakers right now look better than they did at the beginning of the season in terms of cohesiveness, in terms of being on the same page. They are making progress. They're still not where they need to be, but they are making progress. And so the hope is that by the time the playoffs come around, things really start to click, and then maybe we do see this team get to where they need to be. Israel Flores, we moved up in defensive ranking. Yeah, look, the Lakers are getting better defensively. Part of it is defense. It's so, it's, part of it is, Having everybody on the same page, part of it is individual talent as a defender. And I think the Lakers have a lot of guys that individually aren't plus defenders, but you can make up for some of that if everybody is really locked in. And the Lakers didn't have that to start the season. To start the season, you had guys who are poor individual defenders who were not on the same page. So you've got guys who can't make up for miscues with their just raw athleticism or defensive instincts. And they're making a lot of mistakes. There's a lot of miscues. So the defense was horrible early on. Now, now you've got guys who are understanding a little bit more about what they need to do defensively in this system. And you're seeing the rotations being made more consistently. You're also seeing more effort on that end of the floor. And I think part of that is because they're starting to experience success on the defensive end of the floor. We're seeing them putting the extra effort and then get stops. Now, I will say in the third and fourth quarter, there were moments where the Lakers were not putting the extra effort and were not getting shots. And frankly, they were lucky that the Mavs missed some of the open looks that were generated. So I don't want to say this team is this defensive juggernaut just yet. They're not. I'm sure Frank Vogel is not happy with this performance overall, even though they did get by with the win, the defense is getting better. It's still not quite where it needs to be. I do think Reeves is a big part of the defense. It's no coincidence that uh, Frank Vogel went Reeves over Avery Bradley, and I thought Avery Bradley was just fine defensively, but Reeves really locks in on the defensive end of the floor, and you see him contesting everything, every shot. He's getting a hand up on it. He's fighting. He's scrapping. He's diving to the floor. That big turnover that the Mavs had, it was Reeves diving to the floor to help create that tough pass uh, that eventually got picked off by Wayne Ellington, turned into a LeBron James dunk uh, on the break. So I think that Reeves has put himself up there as a defender, and that's why he's getting minutes right now. Let's see what else we've got here. Somebody said, can we stop trying to trade players? We need chemistry not to blow the roster up. Yeah, that there is some truth to that. There's definitely some truth to that. The Lakers need time to gel. They need to get on the same page. And I think we're starting to see that. And remember, this is a game where they just found out yesterday, hey, surprise, you don't have Monk, who's become their key bench scorer. You don't have Dwight, who is starting at center for them. And at the very least was going to be their backup center off the bench. And you don't have THT, who's been starting on the wing for them. You don't have any of those guys due to health and safety protocols. And then on top of that, you've been missing Kendrick Nunn all season, who's your fifth highest paid player, was expected to make an impact. You don't have Trevor Ariza, whose skill set is very much needed on this team. And the Lakers had to adjust to all that on the fly. So I think that's where we can forgive some of the discombobulation that we saw tonight. Uh, But I did see moments where the effort was waning, and that's something that is a little bit more concerning. But again, they still got the job done. 
Somebody said, Trevor, talk about our offensive schemes. We're better on defense, ninth in the league right now, but the offense still needs to get better. I'm seeing some hints of offense, uh, of the offense improving. I'm seeing some moments where we're, we're getting actual plays being run. It's not just, hey, give the ball to LeBron and let him figure it out on the fly, which is actually a fairly passable offensive system. Is just let LeBron do his thing, give the ball to Will if we want to go fresh prints with it. But the Lakers are starting to run some things. Like, for example, uh, the Mavs made a run and the Lakers out of a timeout they ran a couple of ball screens in, and eventually resulted in a shot at the rim for Carmelo Anthony. Now, Christoph Porzingis came over, affected the shot. Melo didn't score it, but it was an actual play the Lakers ran, generated a good look. I would like to see more of that, but I think that's something that will be built in as we go along. Remember, Frank Vogel, first and foremost, probably the top. If Frank Vogel were to make a priority list in basketball, probably the if he were to make a, a priority list of the top five things, he would write defense four times, right? Like that, that's the way Frank Vogel works. He's a defense first head coach big time. So he's been drilling defense, 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 and then the offense will be installed as the season goes along. So that's part of why the Lakers offense is behind a little bit. It's also though that the, that, I mean, he's just not, he's not an offensive whiz. Uh, I think we expected to see a little bit more David Fisdale stuff getting thrown in that was going to throw throw in some different wrinkles, generate some looks just through different sets and things like that. But we haven't really seen that this much this season. So I'm hopeful that the offense will continue to improve. But as of this point, it's still in the needs improving stage. All right, let's see what else we've got here. Got a super chat said, are we talking about AD that averaged 30 and 10 versus the Suns and was on the verge of taking that entire series over before the injury? He'll be fine. Yeah, that's right. I mean, look, Anthony Davis looked like a destroyer of worlds when he was healthy, especially against the Suns. They had no answer for him last year in the playoffs and just hasn't quite had it this season. And tonight, I think tonight he particularly looked low energy to me. He looked like he was just off. And maybe that's just from being out. And remember, the Lakers didn't get to practice. The Lakers not only had to, so the Lakers didn't practice, so they played a few days ago, um, they beat the Magic, then they didn't practice the next day, had their practice canceled the day after that, then they get to Dallas, they had to cancel their shoot-around too, so Anthony Davis coming back off of this knee, knee injury, now I'm sure he can get out and shoot around and things like that, but it's not like he had time to get out on the floor and practice and really get his legs under him, so I think that's something we have to factor into. All right, so just so you guys know, very clearly, the next man up is Austin Reeves. There's no question that's an easy one tonight. Next man up is Austin Reeves. Uh, very clearly, there's no doubt there. He was by far the best player that was a that was not one of the big three. Again, 15 points, plus 10 on the night, seven boards, two assists, one steal, 32 minutes, five of six from three. He's not going to shoot that well every single night, but tonight was a great night from him, so fantastic stuff. <laughs> and yes he again 100 gets the award I, I just saw a text reminding me austin reeves needs to win the uh the next man up award absolutely <laughs> he is the easy candidate to win this one somebody saying austin reeves rookie of the year <laughs> he's not gonna i don't think he's gonna win rookie of the year but how amazing is it you know, we talk about about the Lakers and them developing talent and things like that. We've talked about some players that they've missed on, some, and, but more often than not, they hit on players. 
And I think identifying the talent Austin Reeves had was important, but it was also important that Austin Reeves picked the Lakers to go to because if you look at this rookie class, this has been a strong rookie class, right? You've seen great stuff from Evan Mobley. We've seen a number of guys do some great things this year out of the rookie class. But the Lakers got one of the best ones, I think, without without a draft pick. How crazy is that? How crazy is that? If you were to redo this draft right now, where does Austin Reeves go? First round, easy, right? And this could wind up paying off for him. This could. Because he's going to get free agents to get to free agency sooner than any of these other guys, and he's got a long way to go. We'll see where things go from here. This is a great night for for him, so we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. But the Lakers have found a rotation player without using a draft pick. That is so valuable, so valuable. Potentially a starter at some point if he keeps playing like this, he's going to start. To find that without having to use a draft pick is so so valuable. In the NBA. So amazing stuff from the Lakers scouting department. And amazing stuff from Austin Reeves himself. The way he's been going. Somebody saying, Trevor's scared to say AR15. No, I just really like the HBK name. A lot more than than AR15. Like, I get it and everything. But Hillbilly Kobe, I mean, that's just kind of what we've been going with from day one. And I got to admit, I like tweeting out the gifts of, of Shawn Michaels. It's just kind of fun. So I'm sticking with that one. Somebody said, talk about Wayne Ellington. So Wayne Ellington got the start, and I thought that he wasn't getting used in uh, as a floor spacer enough early in the first quarter. I thought that the Lakers, he was getting open, but the Lakers weren't finding him for those open shots, and we know that he can knock those down. He's got a, you know, he's had a long career of hitting those shots. He got the start, which maybe isn't a surprise that he got the start over Austin Reeves in this situation. Uh, he's the veteran, and so he, he got the start. Played 38 minutes, so he got plenty of minutes out there. Nine points, three for nine from three, which for him is not great, but I love that Wayne Ellington, he airballed a three, right? He had an opportunity, a wide-open look, he airballed it, but then he comes right back, finds the ball, gets an offensive rebound, game on the right. He misses the shot, and the Mavs win. Game's over. Pump fakes, and then has the wherewithal to steady himself, and knock in that corner three. Redemption for Wayne Ellington. Great moment from him. Great to see. I thought overall he had a pretty decent game. Uh, Again, typically, I think if you give him nine threes, he's probably going to make more than three of them. So a little bit off shooting night because he is a really good shooter. Uh, But 33%, he's typically a little bit better than that. But I thought Wayne Ellington was just fine. Just fine on the night. Oh, this is an interesting one. You know, a lot of people have asked me, who is Austin Reeves? Who would you compare his game to? I've said impact-wise, it reminds me of Luke Walton when he was a rookie coming into this Lakers team full of stars and just being this rookie that knew where to be on the floor, knew how to make the right pass, knew how to find some of the stars, particularly his entry passes to Shaq, were, were on point compared to even some of the veteran players. And so he's reminded me of Luke Walton in that way. But this is interesting. Trent from uh, San Antonio from YouTube says, Austin Reeves has some Manu Ginobili in his game. I mean, look, that's that's setting the bar super high, right? But 
I kind of get what you're talking about there, just with the craftiness, the effort on the defensive end of the floor, the way he's not necessarily the quickest guy, but still, if you're leaning the wrong way against him, he finds ways to get into the paint. The way he throws those hook passes on a split second, just a reaction read, and just tosses that thing, zips it through like a laser. I see it. I see that a little bit, and that might be the best one that I've seen yet. That's a pretty good comparison in terms of style of play. And again, again, I'm not saying Austin Reeves equals manager. Like, that's setting the bar super high. But I can see a little bit of Manu in that game. Particularly, you know, he's a big guard. I can see it. I like that one. Somebody said, Manu drove more than him, though. Austin is more of a shooter. I mean, look, again, I'm not saying that they're exactly the same. And Manu did drive, and who knows? Then a year or two, maybe maybe that becomes a bigger part of his game. Just saying I can see little pieces of his, of his game in there. Uh, Frederick from YouTube said, Trevor, do you think the lineup that finished the game today should start the next game. Oh, and somebody else said, uh, Hater said, you're a good luck charm, Trevor. You got to start interviewing more people, LOL. Apparently, that's let, we got to put that out there. Apparently, we got to make sure that that becomes a thing and we'll get more player interviews coming in. Uh, somebody said, imagine if Reeves made that shot in LA. Oh, the 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 roof off of the Staples Center, soon to be the Crypto.com Arena, would have just blown off. People would have been going berserk if it was in LA. That would have been phenomenal. Uh, but should the, that closing lineup start the game? So the closing lineup, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, Wayne Ellington, and Austin Reeves. So Austin Reeves in place of Avery Bradley, I can see it. I could see that becoming the starting lineup. I wouldn't have a problem with that. Um, again, I think Reeves has shown, especially tonight, shown that he's steady under pressure, shown, shown that going up against the other team's best players doesn't phase him, that he is consistent. Uh, I would not have a problem with that. Uh, Coop Boy from YouTube said, people are sleeping on Wayne making that clutch defensive play, ran the floor on the Mavs fast break to break up the layup. Good stuff from a non-defender. Great, great point. Great point. Actually, it was on my list of things here to mention. Um, That play by Wayne Ellington to track all the way back and at the last minute get a fingertip and stop the fast break of the Mavs, knock the ball out of bounds. That was a sure bucket. It really stood out to me. It stood out because of the contrast. You saw the Lakers' big three. Were any of them making that play? No. I felt like overall, except for bursts from Russell Westbrook, LeBron, Anthony Davis, and maybe it was an injury thing for LeBron, we're just kind of low energy. And then there's Wayne Ellington putting in the extra effort to get all the way back and make what could have wound up being a game-winning play. And that's just on hustle and effort alone. Frank Vogel had to be absolutely thrilled with that. Great, great recognition from Wayne Ellington and just great hustle. It would have been very easy for him to just go, oh, they've got a layup on this. But he made the extra effort, got back, and made the play. Was a fantastic, fantastic example of why you put in that extra effort. Mook Morris, too, from YouTube said, would you think Jeremy Grant would be a great addition despite being injured? Do you think trading for him is worth the risk still? So if you're trading for Jeremy Grant, here's the thing. Jeremy Grant, we know, is out for about six weeks, we think, maybe a little bit more. But the Lakers, if they wanted to trade for Jeremy Grant, they can't do it until January 15th at the earliest because that's when Taylor Horton Tucker becomes trade eligible. So you've got a little while. You've got a month anyway. 
So you're talking about if you traded for him on January 15th, he's out for maybe two or three weeks. So it's not quite as long of a time period where he'd be out as you're thinking when we think about Jeremy Grant. I do think he would be a really good fit for the Lakers. I'm not going to advocate for trading for him at this moment. I think if that trade was on the table, THT, Kendrick Nunn, a veteran something, right, for Jeremy Grant. It's something if you're the Lakers you absolutely have to consider. Um, he's a good enough player to where you can't just brush that off and say, well, no, we're not trading THT. No, you got to consider that. You have to consider that. And I'm a big THT fan. I like what he brings. I think he's got a lot of potential. But you have to consider something like that and give it real strong thought. Um, yeah, he'd be a nice fit. He'd be a real nice fit for the Lakers. Dardar Banks from YouTube. Why do we never get on Russ about defense? AD gets crucified for having 24 and 10 with decent defense while Russ gets a pass as long as he has a triple-double. Again, part of it is how loud is it? We talk about how loud mistakes are. When Russell Westbrook makes a mistake on the defensive end, it usually isn't that loud unless you're really looking for it. If he misses a rotation, all we see, because we're watching the ball, we might see the ball ping around on one side and eventually get switched and somebody's got an open three. But we don't notice in the moment who it was that didn't make the rotation that gave up that open three. And when that's Russell Westbrook, yes, he deserves criticism for that. And yes, the you know the coaching staff will get on him for it because they're going to recognize those things. But to most people, just watching at home, you don't see it. You don't notice that, oh, that was Russ's job and that's why that's open. And part of that, again, is because our eye is just naturally going to follow the ball. And a lot of things that happen off the ball really matter on defense, again, that's where Alex Caruso really excelled, was off-ball. He's a good on-ball defender, too. But Austin Reeves, kind of that way, too, where they just put themselves in the right spot. I think Avery Bradley can be pretty good in this way as well. Guys who know how to read what's happening on the floor. So when Russell Westbrook makes a mistake on defense, we might not notice it. When Anthony Davis makes a mistake on defense, we notice it, right? Because he's the last line of defense. He's the guy that's at the rim. If he's not there, they're getting a dunk and everybody's going, well, where was Anthony Davis? Whereas if the ball gets swung on the perimeter and a guy puts it on the floor and attacks and then it gets swung again and then it winds up with being an open three, people don't necessarily watching at home notice who was out of position on that initial drive that ultimately created the play that turned into the open three. So that's why. That's why, right? When Anthony Davis makes a mistake defensively, it's just typically louder than when Russell Westbrook makes that mistake. It's the same concept as if you're a defender, if you're a goalie in, say, soccer, right? And you make a mistake, it's loud, and people remember it. If a forward makes a defensive mistake, nobody's going to notice it because they've got to go through everybody else in order for that ball to wind up in the back of the net. It's just kind of the nature of the beast. But it is something that we should be watching for. By the way, guys, these health and safety protocols, um, not only is it three Lakers players, but we've also got Bill McDonald, play-by-play announcer. John Ireland had to fill in, but Bill McDonald was out for this one. Uh, From what we've heard, he's asymptomatic, but this is obviously hitting the NBA pretty hard. We knew it was going to pick up after Thanksgiving. We knew that was going to be an issue as the weather gets colder too, people spending more time indoors. Plus, they've got this new variant variant and all that. Um, This is just unfortunate reality around the NBA right now. So we'll see what this means for the Lakers team moving forward. Obviously, they've got three players. I'm a little concerned because Malik Monk, they didn't catch it in time, and he actually flew with the team to Dallas. They had to fly him back by himself 
but he was with everybody else on the way to Dallas. So fingers crossed, hopefully we don't get any more positive test results. Kyrie Simon from YouTube, the Super Chat, said, Hey, AD, here's a suggestion. How's about posting up lower on the block instead of facing up and waiting for the double team? Go instantly and get them in foul trouble. How hard is that? Agree. It can be frustrating. Uh, We did see a few plays where he went quick. There are moments where AD likes to survey the floor, and sometimes he's better off because of that. But I also think this, and I put this out there on Twitter. Do you think it's a coincidence that tonight... Playing against the Mavs, who are coached by Jason Kidd and Jared Dudley, Anthony Davis is getting double-teamed like crazy. I don't think so. I think you've got two coaches who probably know Anthony Davis better than most people in the league know him. They know his strengths. They know his weaknesses. They were not double-teaming Anthony Davis because, oh my gosh, this guy's going to torch us if we don't send two players to defend him. He's that good. Anthony Davis at his best can do that. But that was not the reason why they were double-teaming him tonight. No, they were double-teaming him because, you know, that's how you get Anthony Davis to turn the ball over. That's how you get him to make mistakes. That's how you take him out of the game. And I felt like mentally he did get taken out of the game because of those aggressive double-teams. He sometimes has trouble reading them. What he wants to do is read where the double's coming from, have time to make his decision of where to send the ball, and he's just not processing it quite quickly enough. You can see it when he's out there on the floor. And next thing you know, he's under duress and it winds up being a turnover. He throws the ball at an odd angle or something like that. Next thing you know, Mavs are on the break. So Jason Kidd and Jared Dudley, they clearly decided, let's double AD. Let's see if we can get some turnovers. That wasn't necessarily about shutting down his offense. That was about getting turnovers and taking him out of the game up here. And it worked. It worked. We saw an Anthony Davis who was definitely affected by those turnovers. It was bothering him. You could see it in his confidence in his shot in a lot of different areas of the game. He just didn't quite seem to recover. So if you're Anthony Davis, expect more of that. Teams are going to continue doing that, and he's just got to get better at reading it. (laughs) Kid and Dudley are traitors. Somebody said... Uh, that's from Facebook. No, look, Jason Kidd was offered a head coaching spot. The Lakers weren't going to offer him that. I can't blame him. There's only so many head coaching spots around the NBA. I can't blame him for taking that, for taking that opportunity, particularly where he spent so many years playing, right, with the Dallas Mavericks. I can't blame him for taking that at all. And then Jared Dudley, Jason Kidd had a front of the bench spot to offer. The Lakers did not. Now, the Lakers could have offered him a contract to play for them. They there's ways they could have kept Jared Dudley. But the Lakers ultimately decided that they weren't going to have a front-of-the-bench spot for him. Jason Kidd had a front-of-the-bench spot. He had a better job. I'm not going to fault him for doing that. I'm not going to fault Jared Dudley for going to the Mavs when they had a better job opportunity for him. That's what any of us would do. And so that's what he did. All right, guys. I do need to get into the master lock of the night. So let's talk about that. Who gets put in the master lock from this game? I think there's a few candidates from this one. Few candidates from this one. So let me know. If you're coming in from YouTube, you're coming in from Facebook, you're coming in from Twitter, let us know who should be put in the master lock from this game. And by the way, if you're new to this, haven't been with us before, the way this works is we take our good friend Chris the Masterpiece Masters, his finishing hold, and we take whatever was the most annoying thing from the game, whether it's a player or sometimes a concept, 
we put it in the master lock. All right, I've got a lot of people that are chiming in here already. Oh no, somebody said master lock Dudley. Come on, you gotta love Dudley. Uh, master lock Bazemore. Master lock Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson was phenomenal. I would master lock the Lakers defense on Jalen Brunson, maybe. More people saying Bazemore. Master lock Anthony Davis. Master lock our pick and roll defense. Oh no, somebody said master lock Trevor for defending Anthony Davis. Uh, master lock AD's turnovers. Master lock the refs for not calling the game winning foul. You know what? I thought the, the refs did not have a great game tonight in terms of the, the whistle. We didn't. That LeBron block near the beginning of the game where he got up ridiculous. Like he's 37 years old almost. In a few weeks, he's going to be 37. And he got up well above the rim to block that shot. It looked impossible. It was so incredible that the refs didn't believe it. And so they blew the whistle and called it as a goaltend because there was no way that LeBron should have been able to block that shot. And yet he did. It was a good play. It was a mistake by the referee. Master lock, uh, the air balls. Yeah, we saw a number of air balls shooting tonight. Master lock COVID. Yes, please. Master lock the Kleba bank shot. Got that. <laughs> Master Lock AD for being passive. Okay. So here's what I'm going to go with on this one. There's a lot of different things that we could certainly put in the Master Lock from this game. But for me, I'm going to go Anthony Davis turnovers because Anthony Davis led the team in turnovers with six. Russell Westbrook only had four. And Anthony Davis is not typically a high turnover player, nor is he the kind of guy that is typically getting a lot of assists. He averages three assists per game of the season. Usually, if a guy is a very high assist player, so if they're nine, ten assists per game, you will live with three or four assists out of them, right? Because you know you're just more at risk for turnovers when you're the guy that's throwing all these passes all over the place. Anthony Davis, six turnovers despite not being necessarily a facilitator. That's typically not his role. That's a lot of turnovers for a guy who's not in a facilitator role. And a lot of these were just him not making the right reads. So I'm going to master lock Anthony Davis's turnovers, but specifically how he's reading the double teams. I think he's got to get better there where even if maybe, you know, he didn't get a chance to practice coming off of the knee and that was a factor in terms of the energy or something like that, he's still got to be better reading these double teams. That's why the Mavs sent them. Other teams are going to send them too, and he's just got to get better there. Uh, he's got to be quicker to pass that out because the Lakers have shooters. You've got guys that are going to knock down these shots. You've got Ellington. You've got Reeves. You've got players who can hit the open threes. It's on Anthony Davis to make the read, hit the open man, and the Lakers to move the ball quickly to punish whatever team is doubling AD. And guess what? Then those double teams are going to go away. But until you start doing that, you're going to keep getting doubled. So AD, master locking. The read of uh, of the double team and the turnovers that it was creating. All right. <clears throat> My email from YouTube said, Hi, Trev. I know this was a great win, but I keep thinking how behind the top teams we are. Should we be worried? Yeah, the Lakers are not on the same level as... The Suns right now, the Warriors, some of the top teams in the NBA. Uh, they do have this thing, though, too, where they play to the level of their competition 
They're known for this over the years. We've seen this team do it. So I am curious what it's going to look like when they do match up with some of the better teams. But yeah, right now they're not on that level. The hope is that they'll get there by the end of the season because it is going to take some time for them to gel, but they're just not quite there yet. I wouldn't be, I don't like, I don't think you should be super confident right now because we haven't seen them really hit that level, but I wouldn't be checking out either. I wouldn't be looking at this Lakers team and just saying, oh, that's it. They're never going to get there. I wouldn't have that attitude towards the team right now because I think there is potential for this team to still be very good, especially when they get everybody back, when they get everybody healthy, when people get on the same page. I think this team can still be very good. Will they be good enough? I don't know. Like I said, we haven't seen it yet. You would have hoped that by now we would have seen it, but we haven't. We'll see what this looks like, though, as the season goes on. David Vasquez, Trevor, do you think Reeves should start? Yeah, I think at some point, at some point, he should get a starting job. It, He's there. It's very clear Frank Vogel trusts him. He has earned that trust. This isn't just, hey, we're out of players. Yeah, I guess that's a key here. So Austin Reeves coming into this team, when you look at the team, you look at the way the Lakers are set up, you would think, what are you doing? There's all these veteran players. How are you ever going to get minutes over these guys? And to his credit... He's taken advantage of every opportunity he's been presented with, and he's just flat beat some of these guys out. Part of this is the Lakers have had a ton of injuries, and that's provided some opportunities for Austin Reeves. But even when guys are healthy, like last game against the Magic, he got more minutes than anyone off the bench. He played the fifth most minutes on the team. He played more minutes than one of the guys in the starting lineup last game. Even when guys are healthy, he's beating them. He's earning minutes over them, over these veterans. So, yeah, I think at some point, a starting role is probably his. And maybe as the rookie, maybe it doesn't happen this season. Maybe we just see some spot starts here and there over the season. But at some point, if he keeps playing at this level and his decision-making continues to be the way it is right now, and he doesn't hit that proverbial rookie wall, which we don't know. Sometimes rookies do. um, I think a starting spot is probably in his future. He's clearly got the trust of his teammates. He's clearly got the trust of his of the coaching staff. And for good reason. He has absolutely earned it. Elio Acosta, how will Ariza's return affect the lineup? So we've heard that Ariza is back within a week or two. So maybe sometime around Christmas, we see Trevor Ariza back in action. Right now, he's at the stage where he's just trying to build his legs up. Uh, he's scrimmaging and practices and all that kind of stuff. So the downside of that is the Lakers have had to cancel some practice recently because of health and safety protocols. So that can obviously set him back a bit because the point for him right now is to get himself physically capable of playing, right? Because he's been off of his foot for a long time because he had ankle surgery. So the key for him right now is getting his cardio up and getting himself physically ready to play. Once he's there, I think he is going to be a rotation player. Exactly how that affects the rest of the rotation We'll have to wait and see. Frank Vogel's made it very clear that he's been long anticipating the return of Trevor Ariza, that he anticipates him being in a big role, that he already thinks that it's going to allow him to run Anthony Davis at the five more. It seems as though Vogel, and he specifically said this, has already set aside minutes for Trevor Ariza. At the expense of who? We don't know that just yet. We don't know what that's going to look like. If anything, I think it means more of more minutes with Anthony Davis at the five 
And then LeBron and Ariza on the floor as kind of the other bigger players with them, which makes them super switchy and versatile. And I'm curious to see what that's going to look like. So maybe some of those minutes come at the expense of the true centers, your Dwight Howard, uh, your DeAndre Jordan. But other than that, I mean, we're talking wing players. Feels like uh, HBK's minutes are pretty safe. Other than that, though, I don't know. Speaking of which, Kent Bazemore got an opportunity today, 15 minutes. I don't think he did a lot with that opportunity. We've talked about this, how Kent Bazemore, there were going to be chances for him. And in fact, Frank Vogel even told Kent Bazemore, look, we will have opportunities for you. He was trying to find some minutes. Frank Vogel is a coach that very much doesn't want to just banish a guy. Why? Because at some point he may have to call on that player over the course of an 82-game season or come playoff time. If you just have a guy sitting on the bench for half the season and he's not part of the rotation at all, not getting any minutes, and then playoff time, something happens, you know, health and safety protocol or an injury or whatever, and you have to call on that guy, you're in trouble now. So Vogel is a guy who wants to keep players as fresh as possible, wants to keep them in a rhythm and get them those minutes. And those minutes also provide opportunity. So Dwight Howard was out of the rotation for a game. DeAndre Jordan upset Frank Vogel. Uh, Vogel went and threw in Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard made the most of it and took the starting job, right? Kent Bazemore was going to have that opportunity too. 15 minutes tonight, 0 for 3 shooting, 0 for 1 from 3. One assist, one steal, minus 19. Team low, minus 19 on the night in 15 minutes. And he largely got torched. Now, maybe you're asking a lot by asking him to defend a point guard in Jalen Brunson. He's at his best, probably defending twos and threes. So that's not exactly in his wheelhouse. That was just out of necessity, given the personnel that the Lakers have right now. But still, this was not a great performance from Kent Bazemore. And I don't think I don't think this is the kind of night where Frank Vogel says, Bazemore, he definitely deserves more minutes. Now, given that health and safety protocols are going to keep these players out for probably 10 days, We'll see. You never know. LeBron, you know, was a false positive. So we don't know for sure what's going to happen here. But most likely we're looking at 10 days. So that means in the coming weeks or in the coming week or so, there'll probably be more opportunities for Kent Bazemore. And maybe he'll be better than what we saw tonight. But tonight, his first real shot to do something here and prove that he should be back in the rotation, I didn't feel like he did that tonight. But again, I think he is going to get some more opportunities in the, in the next couple of games. All right, let's do one more. Fallout from YouTube said, Hey, Trevor, what are your thoughts on AD? He seems too lazy on offense and defense. He has not been the same since winning the championship. He, his activity level has definitely gone down. I don't know how much of it was the knee issue, the knee soreness tonight, if that was a problem for him. I'm curious to see what he says in his post-game interviews. But overall, his activity level has been a little bit down. He's still been really effective. He just hasn't quite been that top-tier level guy that we were hoping he would be. So hopefully he can find his way back to that. But so far, we just haven't quite seen it from him. Oh, last somebody said, what's up with Rondo? Nothing. Rondo's totally fine. Uh, Rondo is, uh, this is what we expected. If you're talking about Rondo not playing, this is what Rondo signed up for. Rondo signed up to not play every single night. That's what the Lakers told him coming into the season. When he signed, they told him, you're not going to be an every night player. He's more of a like an extra coach almost in some ways on the sideline. That's what Rondo is for this Lakers team. So this is this is what the plan is for Rondo. You'll see him. You'll see him at times. He'll still get out there, but he's just not an every night player for this for this team. And he makes a big difference in terms of being a mentor, being a coach uh, on the sideline. 
He really is one of the brightest basketball minds in the NBA. Uh, the interview that I did with Austin Reeves the other day, Austin talked about that. He talked about, I asked him, I said, look, most rookies have their guy on their new team that they come to. They have their guy that they go to that sort of shows them the ropes, right? Their guy they can turn to with any questions, shows them what it means to be a professional, all those sorts of things. And I asked him, I said, who is that guy for you? He said, Rondo. He said, Rondo is the guy. He's constantly picking his brain. Uh, there was a great piece by Mirren Fader today on, uh, on the ringer about him and went even a little bit further and said that Rondo will quiz him to see whether or not he's watched the film that he was supposed to watch and ask him about specific plays and things like that. So Rondo is making an impact, even though you don't see him out there on the floor. I've said it a bunch. Rondo's going to be a great coach at some point. At some point, Rondo is going to be a great coach. So he is making an impact. You don't see it on the floor, but he is a benefit to the team. Anders J, have you met LeBron? Uh, yes. Yeah, I've been in interview scrums with him before in the locker rooms and, and stuff like that. All right, guys, let's wrap things up right there. I think that's a good place to stop. Obviously, wound up whew, an exciting night for the Lakers. Get the win. Austin Reeves wins the game on the big shot. Tremendous stuff from him. Again, definitely the next man up award and great, great moment for him in his young career. Next up, the Lakers take on the Minnesota Timberwolves on December 17th. So we're a couple of days away. Lakers get another shot at the T-Wolves. You know, they're going to be coming back out strong. They uh, Their defense has looked a lot better this season. So the Lakers are going to need to be on their A game against the Wolves. But Lakers Nation, thank you guys so much for joining me tonight. Make sure you are subscribed to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Don't forget to turn on notifications as well. We put out new Lakers videos every single day. Till next time, everybody. See ya, and stay safe.